Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This series, we're focusing on female financial independence, looking towards a stronger financial future. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the show, and please do connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram, or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk. Welcome to this session today, where we're going to be talking about why you need to go from budgeting to saving to investing, how you can be super smart with your finances and be that financial investor for yourself. Now, why don't women invest? I talk about this previously, statistically, not enough women are investing. What I see all the time with clients coming to see me is that there are many women that are saving. I had a client just recently who had 390,000 sitting in her business bank account, another 120,000 sitting in cash ISAs. Now, I see this quite a lot. Why is this happening? So what tends to happen is that once women have, you know, built the things they need to buy, they've maybe budgeted in for a few years, and then they start to have more money coming in, and they naturally then go, right, I want to buy that coat that I always wanted, that new car, and get sort out the kids out. And then they start to say, okay, oh, I've got some more spare. I should start being sensible now. I should start saving. And they start saving. And some of them are amazing at it. They are so, so great at putting the money aside. But there's a big leap from being a budgeter, having spare money, being mindset of the place to start saving, and then another leap going into I'm going to now actually start investing. Now, why do we need to do these things? What what is the purpose of it? The purpose is, is that once we're budgeting and we're managing our money, we're giving it a job and we start being able to save, build up those back, uh, you know, the back money that we need in the business, in our businesses, in our life for emergencies. It then means when an accident happens or there's a problem at work, we're able to deal with it because we've got enough backup. There's less, there's less panic going on. So for then to shift on to a position where we start investing, how much do we need in savings before we're comfortable enough to start investing? And that for women is the biggest leap. So how do we go from budgeting to saving into a place where we can actually start investing? And this is one of the big questions for women. And this series is all about financial independence and how do we start to become more financially independent and one of those areas is that when women are ready to start investing they're often in a place where they've sorted out their ducks in a row they've got their money and their pots where they need it to be and they're starting to think about their future and what they need for that future so that's what we're going to focus on for the rest of this show we're just going to talk about Where do you need to be? Where do you need to get to to be able to start investing? What things could you start putting in place to enable you to start investing? So for a lot of people, it's how much savings should I have in place? How much should I start investing for? What kind of risk should I take? There's a multiple of questions. And sometimes they don't they don't start happening. Those thoughts aren't happening until they're really done some of the other things first. So if you're not thinking like that, that's fine. It's just because you haven't gone through a certain step process. So let's just say you're at the start of the process where you're only just starting to save. How much do I need to have in savings? So as a general rule, we would suggest that you have six months outgoings back up as part of your savings. So if you think of that being 
£6,000, for example, that's a lot of money to start saving. Do I start investing now? Now, because of the way compound interest works, if you put off investing until things are absolutely squeaky perfect, you will never start doing them. Now, bear in mind, investing includes pensions. It is more or less the same. It is the same thing. If you're using a particular tax tax wrapper to invest, therefore, invest. you are probably already investing through pensions and other things that you don't quite realise that that's what's happening. So you're already investing. You, you might be saving some for backup for the vet or for a holiday, for example. But before you start taking lump sums or putting a high percentage of your salary per month into investing, you want to make sure you've got a good foundation. Now, what's a high percentage? So I would do the general rule. You want to be putting a percentage into your pensions through work or if you're self-employed, sole trader or a limited company enough to basically cover that future retirement date and we're going to talk about that on another podcast session coming up in a couple of weeks now in terms of okay over and above that what's investing now there's a hierarchy of needs your pension needs to come first so if that means that you haven't ticked that box that needs to be looked at first so that's the first one of the first rules of investing is your pension comes first because it is a form of investment. Now, the only thing is, is that you can't touch that money in your pension until you're 55. So you might be saying, well, yeah, but I don't I just want to do something that's more now and that maybe I could access sooner. Not when maybe in 10 for you it might be 10, 20, 30 years time. So, OK, then you can look at investing. Once you've got your savings in place and you have got a little bit of backup, then I think no more than, say, five or 10 percent of your monthly income to go on an investment element. So that is part of a future that sort of I hate the word financial freedom because it doesn't quite work out like that. But that future fund for yourself, you want the money to grow. You want it to start working harder for you. So. But no more than that five or 10 percent. If you don't have enough backup, back you don't have enough salary. Actually, if something was to happen, that you've got enough backup. And also in terms of hierarchy of needs, it's a really good idea to look at what insurances you should have in place first. So life insurance or income protection. Should that hundred pounds investing really be going on in some sort of insurance? especially if you haven't got a lot of backup. Now, those that do have backup, you're then in the situation that if something was to happen to you and you didn't have insurances, then you're in a position where that savings might be, um, which, which is there for, gone very quickly. And you might be in a situation where you are actually then needing to make some massive adjustments. So there's a couple of elements to take into account, your insurances, your pensions, and how much savings you need. So no more than five or 10% if you haven't got your ducks in row. Let's just say you have got your ducks in row, you have more than, um, you have 20, 30% spare when you want to start investing. Amazing. So no more than um, five, 10% if you haven't got those elements in place. Um, if you have got those elements in place, then over and above that, you can start to invest more. So what's the transition? Where do you start? Now, I, if you had, let's just say that 20 or 30 percent was hundreds of pounds per month and you want to start investing, I actually wouldn't do that with the full amount of, you know, three, four, five hundred pounds a month straight away because it's a big risk. Now, as a proportion of your salary, if five or 10 percent is a higher proportion of your salary and that might only be 50 pounds, then again, 
do be cautious in investing all of that straight away. And maybe it'd be a better idea to start at, um, you know, maybe even £10 a month. Because once you start investing, you want to be able to be confident and make any changes or adjustments that you might need to put in place. So you are limiting your risk in terms of um, what you need to do and how it needs to work for you. You're learning and educating yourself as you go. And it then means that as you've learned and as you're growing, that when you're then increasing the amount, you're doing that in such a way that you're doing with greater understanding rather than taking all your money in one go. Um, so where do you start with that? Let's just say you're doing the five, 10%, that's 50 pounds a month. Where do you start? Now, there is so many options out there. The first place you would look for is a platform. Now, why am I suggesting speak to a financial advisor? There are two different ways of doing this. There's the DIY, manage on your own, and then they're speaking to a financial advisor. Now, when you speak to a financial advisor, they the way that they work are multitude of different ways, whether it's a, an hourly rate, whether it's a flat fee on the report, or whether it's the level of money that you're investing, they charge a percentage on the fee. So there's three or four different ways it can work. Now, for some people, they just want to start small. Therefore, paying those kind of fees, it can actually be not worthwhile because the amount they're going to charge, it would actually take their money about 50 years before they'd make that money back. So generally, people with those smaller starting points, it's much harder to do that transition. For those people that are the client I mentioned previously that's sitting on 360 grand and 220 grand in cash ISAs, they, someone like that is more likely to go and speak to a financial advisor and get some advice because the fee of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, however much it is, is very likely to make that money back in tax advice, in positioning, uh, limiting the risk that's applicable and the potential potential returns of that money so it all comes down to choice in terms of do, do, does the figures add up but also does it make um, is, is it is, does it suit your style so if you're somebody who likes to do things on your own you don't want to take advice from others you like to learn the ins and outs of everything and be able to give yourself the education then starting somewhere with a smaller amount and doing that yourself is absolutely fine but just be careful on the level of risk that you're taking with that money. Now, I'll give an example. What do I mean by that? By going into something and buying, um, I don't know, let's say um, 20 shares in one company, you're putting all your eggs in that one basket, meaning that when it comes to that money, if that particular company went up or down, all that money is receptible to that, 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 that share price going up or down. Therefore, your money will go up or down. That is how the stock work market works. Equally, if you're putting it all into a UK based fund, then all your money is reliant on the UK markets. So your strategy of how you want this money to work for you is the second point. So now you're starting to get a bit of a picture. You can see that the psychology from budgeting working out giving your money a job how you're spending it and then looking at how you can actually start to save and how much you need to save and what you should put away then moving that into starting investing there's a big there's a big leap between the two and where you start with that is one of the key reasons why so many women 
just don't start because it just feels like a minefield. There are so many podcasts, books, platforms, jargon, technology, options. Your friend does one thing, you do another. And there are just so many different options these days. What is the most simplest? Now, if you are new to it, then I sometimes feel like the best option would be to go to where you've seen it work for you in the past. So if you have your bank account with one particular bank, then start there and look at their website. You know that bank, you've worked with that bank, you trust that bank. Going to an FCA regulated UK based company would be a good place to start. Not your, not Facebook and what your mate down the pub's doing or what Aunt Mary done last week. It is really okay. Let's go to my bank. Let's see what they're doing. Now, they don't tend to um, uh, offer advice. They often have their own online system that you can then um, sometimes you can have a call with somebody to have some financial advice um, or you can, you can open up an account with them and you can pick and choose what you want. Now, where do you start? Because the jargon there will, will, be, will be vast. You can then look at one or two other options. So I wouldn't just go with one option. I'd then have a look at a couple of other platforms, a couple of other places. Um, and if you just go on to Google and have a look and you, you search for, I don't know, investing platforms or stocks and shares, ISAs or um, general investment accounts or how do I start investing? You will come up a multitude of different options when it comes to starting to invest. You, you will not find a quick win at that moment. So it almost becomes a bit of a job. It, it, and it is a job because it's a massive leap going from one to the next. And you don't want to just pick the first thing that comes along. You need to start to understand what it is you're looking at and what the jargon means. Now, once you start to, I would say, set a deadline, say, OK, I'm going to give myself two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks to research this. And I'm going to download um, two pieces of information a week. I'm going to listen to five different podcasts. I'm going to register for a webinar. I'm going to I'm going to do certain things right to start to increase that that um, muscle, if you like, of knowledge and education. And just be cautious. Don't make any decisions. Just be cautious and, and, and start to absorb and understand the information. When you feel then ready to start to take that first step, you're doing it in such a way that you are going to make that first step in um, that you can give yourself six months and then review it, give yourself a year and then review it. And as you start to add to it, your knowledge starts to increase. There is no quick win in this that you're going to start investing. And, you, you know, you've got to be susceptible to the fact, depending on how you invest, will depend on what returns you get and what risk you've taken with that money. And there are different ways. So you can buy into individual shares in companies. You can buy more than one share. They can be companies in the UK or the US or in Europe or further abroad. They can be in different technologies, in different industries. It could be in pharmaceuticals to um, in industrial or retail. Or you could choose a fund that's UK-based or US-based that has a multitude of funds. So there's lots of different funds in lots of different countries and you pay somebody else to make those kind of decisions. You pay an asset manager to make the kind of decisions to what funds or what companies should be in that portfolio. And you pay more for it. So one of my biggest tips is the thing to look for are charges. So yes, financial advisors charge an upfront fee. And I, like myself, do that. 
and we also charge an ongoing fee so you will have if you have an existing finance advisor or you've spoken to one there would often be an ongoing fee now aside from that they the financial advisor fee there would still be other costs with or without that financial advisor so if you're choosing it yourself and you are being your own advisor um, then you are looking at the platform charge you're looking at in the investment manager charge and there possibly some transaction charges so you're going to need to find that information within there don't pick somewhere straight away write down two or three options and figure out what their portfolio performance has been and figure out what their charges have been again there's no quick win to this but hopefully what i'm giving you here will give you a little bit of an insight of the questions to ask and the thought process of where you need to be before you can start investing so that psychology from saving into investing is a big leap so where are you at right now are you somewhere where you're still needing to budget and you're thinking about what you could start saving? Are you somewhere where you're doing quite well with your saving and you may be ready to start investing only a small amount, maybe only five or 10 percent? Or your savings at a really great place. You've got some money in the bank and actually you could start to look at increasing that over the 10 percent. But you only want to start smaller, but you could give yourself six months and then increase that later on. Where are you at? And that's my question for you today. What is your next step to make that your, your finances are in a better position and a better spot? So if you want to know learn more about my 10 ways to accelerate your wealth, do check out my book, which is available on Amazon, which is called 10 Ways to Accelerate Your Wealth. And one of those areas we talk about in the book is investing, saving and budgeting. I hope this has been super helpful and gets you thinking about what steps you could start doing for your finances and mean that you can um, increase your wealth and your, the financial independence that you might be looking for in your future. Sending you lots of love and do subscribe and do connect. I'd love to hear from you. Take care. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. For any regulated advice, please do head over to www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk.